What's a dungeon? This is not an important question, but it has received a decent amount of attention. Reddit user Inuvash255 posits four criteria. A dungeon is a specific location and not the overworld. It is generally hostile to the party, or at least aloof. It contains some challenge to the players. And it is more complex than a single room or scene. The second and third criteria are, to my mind, kind of the same criterion. The fourth one is debatable. In the same thread, user a bookful blockhead posits a dungeon that is in fact a single room and it doesn't come off as a contradiction in terms. Wiktionary has a very good definition or characterization for everyday non-philosophical purposes. It says that a dungeon in the gaming sense is an area inhabited by enemies containing story objectives, treasure, and bosses. Of course, some dungeons do not have enemies. Some dungeons do not have story objectives. Some do not have treasure. Some do not have bosses. Traps and puzzles also characterize dungeons, but a legitimate dungeon can leave out any or even most of these features. So, I will construct the strongest definition of all by stripping away all specificity. A dungeon is a place that contains a challenge. You go over there, you do something, and you come back. You might say this is also a good definition for an adventure. So, let's return to Inuvash255's first point. A dungeon is not the overworld. It has to be sectioned off from the adventure at large. It is, in fact, an adventure within the adventure, presenting the structure of the overarching narrative in microcosm. And this is the third strongest podcast. Well, let's just enter this cool tower and what's inside. Wait a second, there's somebody in here. Hello, Jason. Zach. Hi, everybody. Hello, Jason. Hello. Jason is back, but I have to talk to Zach. Oh, oh. what I do? Am I getting kicked off the podcast finally? You're getting kicked off the podcast, finally. It's about time, honestly. <laughs> I have to warn you, Zach, uh -oh. that there's a sentence in this episode that when someone says the sentence, I will go into a 10-minute monologue. I am... Ooh, okay. Hmm. Hmm. Okay, okay. So I'm going to try and back off until then. I... To I'm make gonna up place for a bet. All the talking I will be doing. I'm placing a bet to the listener psychically. I think that sentence is gonna be a sentence in my notes that's in all caps. <laughs> okay. Wow, this is a good teaser. I, I, don't I know think. Is. Okay. Wait, gonna... wait, wait, Zach. What I need you to do, okay, is private message Sarah. Okay. With what you think the sentence is. I, I, I. Okay. Let me find Sarah on here. Okay, I have sent the message to Sarah. I'm placing my bet. <laughs> okay. Mm -hmm. I'm probably Got wrong. There's, there's, there's a lot of good stuff to talk about this episode, so I'm there probably wrong, but there's one lot. thing that my brain attaches to. Hmm. Okay, now you guys can talk. Have a fun podcast. Okay, thank you. You're saving up for the 10-minute monologue. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, we're inside of Dungeon Man now. Uh, Brick Road got his wish. He's become part man, part dungeon. And it is up to us as the the chosen four minus one to uh, enjoy, I suppose. Man, enjoy it's, it's his really, body. It's too bad that Pooh isn't here to see this. This is really cool. Pooh doesn't really have the 
context. I guess Paula doesn't also have the context because that's true. Oh, none of them do. Jeff's the only one yeah. that met Brick Road ahead of Yeah, time. everybody else is like, what is happening here? Do you know from the outset what you're looking at? Because there's the dude outside who's like, he mentions Dungeon Man. He just drops Dungeon Man's name and then says, anyway, here's uh-huh. a key. Have fun. Uh, and then there's a tower, which has sort of an anthropomorphic look to it. <laughs> but then you go inside and it's like you're in a Dungeon Man dungeon. And is it immediately obvious what is going on if uh, if you don't necessarily remember Jeff's? Yeah, I think I need a refresher here on like uh, like how how much do you know about about Dungeon Man's secret secret wish? Well, you know that you met Brick Road. Jeff meets Brick Road in Winters way earlier, much earlier on, mm-hmm. and you do brick road's dungeon there and then you have a chat with brick road who mentions that he and dr andonuts are going to turn brick road into dungeon man so that's his aspiration i see okay in uh the north part of scaraba there's a man who talks about dungeon man and mentions like oh yeah i've got the key and then i lost the key um so you know that if you remember that much you know what you're getting into a little bit but also you know, there's a lot of text in this game, and you might not remember that. So there is this weird tower with a face up there. And, like, the way the sprite looks, it's got two feet that are, like, in motion, but also it could just be, like, a big boulder in front of it or something like that. I always like the the, the way the sprite looks. Yeah, I I, cool. I definitely have thoughts about the shape of Dungeon Man's uh, exterior body, because I spent some time staring at it before the show, and I finally sort of got the joke that's there. But um, I'll I'll... <laughs> it, it'll it'll no, have more get... impact later, I think. Oh, okay. After we come back out, okay. After we come back out, precisely. Okay, okay. Um, Stick a pin in that. Done. So, we don't get a very big sampling of, like, Brick Road's style of dungeon, right? We see... The maze that he made in Winters that's, like, literally a bunch of stones arranged on the ground, like, a real-life, like, attraction, right? Like, something you could, like, Mm -hmm. see in real life. What you might call a labyrinth. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And now we have this, which is this huge, like, funhouse, more than, like, a terrorizing like fortress to assail um yeah yeah this is a very non-traditional dungeon it's like dungeons are usually like challenging and sometimes scary and this is a very gentle dungeon do you think the dungeon is trying hard to be super traditional based upon (laughs) all the all the literal pointers you see inside saying and here is a dead end and you yeah. see that you see, not not to skip ahead of things again. It's no, it's but okay. it seems to really be uh, like a. Uh, I, I feel like I'm quoting the earlier episode, but this this seems to be you know leaning further into the yeah you know here is my here is my thesis statement about dungeons. I'm going to make the perfect dungeon, and I'm going to be the perfect dungeon, and I'm going to explain it to you at every step exactly why this is perfect and how it works. <laughs> it feels like a deconstruction in some ways of like I like what you said thesis statement it's like yeah it's like I'm gonna explain this to you 
Um, the way that there are billboards everywhere that pontificate about different, like, dungeon philosophies reminds me of, like, um, like playing a Valve game with commentary on. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Very where good. Where you'll go through a level and, like, there's little nodes where Gabe Newell will start talking to you about what they were trying to accomplish with XYZ. Huh. Uh, it feels like that. Where, like, a lot of the challenge has been deliberately turned off in order to make you think about the design decisions at play here. Yeah. And uh, that's an interesting approach. It makes Brick Road a very interesting person. Because, like, as a dungeon designer, you would think he would try and create, like, the ultimate challenge. I feel like that's the other direction a character like this would go, right? Right. He could have yeah, created... He just, he- he wants to explain what he's doing. <laughs> yeah, he wants to prepare you for what's coming. Does he? I know. I guess. Well, I guess so. But there he's, are, he's, well, he, we're we're getting way ahead. Actually, yeah. we're talking about the philosophy of this dungeon before we even go through it. I guess I would just summarize it to say, like, he's not here. He's not here for you. He's here for the dungeon, and yeah. he's here to help you appreciate the dungeon. And he's not here. Uh, you know what? If you enjoy the dungeon, that's great. Um, but he's not here to like level you up, and he's not here to, uh, you know, help you in your quest. He's here to show you what a real dungeon looks like, and everything is going to be about the dungeon. Mm-hmm. And like in an RPG terms, there's nothing plot critical happening here. Like the other. Yeah the way you would design a dungeon in a video game is be like, well, I need to have a temple here because you have to get the next MacGuffin. This isn't a a sanctuary cave or anything like that yeah. that we've run into. This is just, I made this thing. I want you to engage with this thing. And yeah. you know, the game guides you through it, but like, what you actually accomplish here is just to go talk to a guy, <laughs> which is good. Yeah, Yeah, it's more of an oasis. Yeah. As soon as you walk in, there's a sign that says, welcome, you are inside of my body, Brick Road. Which makes it all clear in case you weren't sure. I appreciated that. Oh, wow. I missed, I did watch it. Okay, so so full full uh, disclosure, it, it's been uh, a few months since I played this, so I did watch a couple of videos, and I think everybody managed <laughs> to speed past that first sign, or I was hitting the fast forward button a little too much. Because uh, I had in my notes that the, the body identification doesn't commence until the second floor, where it says, you are now on the second floor of my body. Um, and then talks more about the bodiness of it after you get to the second floor. So I missed that sign on the first floor. Mm. Alas, yeah, my theory is... very clear, yeah. Oh. Okay, all right, cool. Yeah, I do think it's a little ambiguous if if you're coming into this building from outside and then, you know, did he really become... A dungeon man? Yes, now you know. You were yes, inside of my body. <laughs> uh, there's a sign here that at the first fork in the road that suggests that after copious amounts of research, Brick Road determined that 70% of people will go right first. Uh, which is fascinating. That really messes with your head. Like, like, does it make you want to turn left? <laughs> right? <laughs> it's there to, like, want you to buck the trend a little bit. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's a little bit of a Stanley yeah. Parable action going on there. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely get that vibe from this, the Stanley Parable. But you should turn left, I think, because that's where the, the first part of the Oasis is. It's the, the, the bench, which is a hotel, and the hospital, and a phone. Everything you might need for your stay in the dungeon. Yeah, we get the uh, incredible line that it's a dungeon owner's obligation to hire a doctor and nurse. <laughs> yeah. Which, yeah. like, I don't know how to take I, this exactly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a very kind thing to do. I, I, it, it, this is a very unique philosophy on dungeons. I appreciate this, uh, you know, doing this for, for the players, but um, I have not seen this in other dungeons. No, that's not a usual thing that's in dungeons. So it's like, yeah. where did he get this notion? Why does yeah. he have this notion? Is he just trying to overhaul the idea of what a dungeon can be? I think so. I think he's making an, ass- an assertion here. I think he's, yeah. you know, he, he's, he's leaving it unsaid that uh, <laughs> this is the real way to do it. I'm going to show, I'm going to show the world how a, how a real dungeon is actually built and that means mm-hmm. equipping it with a full medical staff or a, mm-hmm. a modestly a modestly scoped medical staff of professionals mm-hmm. on hand near the lobby by a bench and a telephone. <laughs> oh, I love yeah. this place. Uh, let's see. As we move through this first floor... Uh, a couple. I'm trying to read my notes in order. We get a set of billboards about the philosophy of putting items at the end of dead ends versus putting them on the main path, and how mm-hmm. an item that you find along the main path is not going to be as cool as an item at a dead end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of like a training dungeon. Uh, and isn't is that the sign that has like a five dollar present next to it? If you open yeah. the nearest present to the like main road, it's just five dollars, which is very yeah. funny. Extremely unimpressive. Yeah. Um. And then you walk a little farther and there is good stuff at the end of a dead end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um Which I guess gets into the fact that he created it to like reinforce this philosophy. Interesting. I don't know. Yeah. It- that the, the character clearly has an idea of what he feels dungeons should be. Yeah. And is like pre- preaching that through this project. It's very interesting. Yeah. He has a vision. There's, there's also, the, this is the, on the first floor, uh, has the path that goes to the bathroom, right? If you go all the way to the right, there's like, um, there's another bench next to a bathroom door. And a little sign saying, why don't you take a pit stop? Which, yeah, uh, again, also nice. every dungeon needs to have uh, a working toilet. It's, that's, yeah, I think it's that's very also generous. part of the, yeah, that's part of the, the, the thesis, the unique thesis that he's putting out here. And there's someone in the bathroom, too, which is kind of a mystery to me. I forget it's a what mystery they say. to the person in the bathroom, too. Yeah, that's I think right. They're just contemplating the nature of the universe or something. What am I doing here? I forget what they say exactly. 
I, I, I forget it too, but it's something really like positive. It's like, well, whatever works, good luck, or something like that. <laughs> There's Nobody a sign. To... Oh, good. Nobody wants to be uh, fill in for Ryan and pull up a text dump. <laughs> I'm looking at the text dump. Pardon my like, phrasing. All of the um, all the brick road signs are in the text dump that I'm looking at, and they're all out of order, and I don't know where the line is from the person in the bathroom, so I don't know. In a Not sense, like it's probably just as well. Uh, no, I, I remember it now. I remember it now because I was just looking at this, and uh, he says something like, yeah, he, he contemplates his place in the co- this this person's place in the cosmos and then they end up by saying i'm sorry are you nervous i'm not dangerous oh yeah so, like, something like that right yeah yeah so i think that now now can we argue does that like a uh, heighten the tension in this dungeon exploration it, it does, does it make me. you feel a little more dangerous yeah i wasn't because thinking of, it's dangerous until until you until that. they said yeah and i'm like okay hang on there's dangers lurking behind <laughs> mysterious closed doors and signs telling us hey why don't you go behind that door kid and then there's Mm -hmm. a strange person in there saying i'm not dangerous i believe very interesting so do you think dungeon man hired the person in the bathroom (laughs) or (laughs) to be part of the experience yeah or is that is Mm -hmm. like yeah there's there's so many unanswerable questions here i'm fascinated i would really like to know who that person is i don't know that i do like who else wandered into this dungeon because there's no one else in here. Well, there's also a sign here on this first floor that talks about how monsters naturally move into a dungeon after it has been created. Oh, yeah. And there are <laughs> monsters here uh, that, uh, that, I forget, they're, it's like the monsters you find in the department store, and then some of the oh, monsters yeah, from the, the inside. The cup of coffee and the record. The weird, more abstract or, like, yeah, the, the slightly more abstract monsters show up in this weird place. Mm-hmm, yeah. uh, and per Brick Road, he didn't bring them here. They just naturally show up. Mm. So, like, we know, so that that gives us two different options here, where there are people that Brick Road clearly hired as participants in this art project and then there are natural occurring people that move in by themselves. So the guy in the bathroom could be either. If I'm not mistaken, the um, the worthless protoplasm that shows up in here only showed up in Brick Road's original dungeon before Ooh. that. Am oh, I wrong? Yeah. I think you're right. Yeah. Okay. Can I put forward a theory about, about Bathroom Man? Not not to yeah. gender the, the bathroom person. I'm just going to go with it, though. Uh, I want to put... So am I correct in remembering that the very first, oh, the bathroom is occupied and you can't actually go into it, um, j- joke in the game is prefaced by an animation, like as soon as you see the bathroom, like the, in the library in the first town, like a, a, every you freeze and then a person, a little sprite person, dashes ahead of you and runs into the bathroom and slams the door. Is that in the very first yeah. bathroom? Essentially, yes. yes. So what if at that moment, every single bathroom in the world of Earthbound is populated? They it just, it every, and that just happens to be the one you're standing next to. And a person Whoa. just goes into every bathroom at the same time. And you, but you just, you're just present to witness the one you're next to. 
I'm just going to put that out as a, as a possibility to contemplate. Since, you know, this, this whole <laughs> beat is all about contemplation. Yeah. I do want to put forth the theory that the guy in the bathroom here is just another guest of the dungeon who's walking through it like you are. And oh. uh, it's it's like it's not a, a an act that's being put on for you. It's just sorry. I'm also I'm in the bathroom right now. I wonder why. He, uh, what exactly does he say? I wonder why I'm in this restroom right now. Just who am I? What is life all about? Um, I want to interpret this as someone like very sincerely wondering what's going on. And not yeah. trying to. <laughs> I, I like that a lot. Intentionally mess with your head. And the reason I like that is because it is a guard against uh, a complete solipsistic take on the purpose of Dungeon Man. That that Dungeon Man just is here for Ness and his friends, and his only mm-hmm. purpose is for Ness specifically to explore his innards. When no, he needs. He's a dungeon, and he's open to. He's open to whoever comes across him. And that includes whoever is in That's, the bathroom, and perhaps some unknowable number of other. Yeah, and the 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 dude outside, uh, and an unknowable number of others have already gone through Dungeon Man. And if uh, you you haven't heard a lot of conversation about him already, it's because honestly, what is there to say? Dungeon Man is is only to be experienced, and here we are. <laughs> Ryan, uh, what was the the text dump say about the? The restroom man saying what's life about? Is that what what was the line? I wonder why I'm in this restroom right here. Just who am I? What is life all about? Oh, I'm That's sorry. Did I make you nervous? I'm not dangerous. Don't worry. Extremely a stretch here, but when you said what's life about in that way, uh, that's part of the lyrics to the Flying Man song. Um, Which oh. is ex- extremely a stretch, and that's just a thing people say, but that did... Those two neurons connected for a second. Where it probably is Flying Man in this bathroom. Maybe Flying Man's in the bathroom. Now it all makes sense. Uh, well, for people. Oh, good. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, it's fine. Go ahead. Oh, um, it feels to me like I just stepping back a little bit. Like if every single bathroom in this game is occupied, and somebody has to write things for everyone to say this is just like one reason that someone could be in the bathroom just like everyone else has a line of like why that what they're doing there or you know it could just be someone was writing a list of things to say and this is one of them one of the reasons oh yeah uh if i understand you correctly you could almost just shuffle around all the bathroom door response texts yeah. And yeah. it doesn't really matter whether you're in the library or Dungeon Man. That's a cool way of looking at it. I yeah, think. I mean, this I does feel pretty good for the Dungeon Man bathroom, but um, but yeah, I think that could be something, something close to reality. I don't know. What else is going on on this floor? I don't remember. I don't know what map Yeah, out. there's... I, I have there's the, the long ropes. list of signs, but... Eventually... Yeah. Eventually, there are ropes. Uh, perhaps the most dungeon-like, well, a a dungeon-like thing in this dungeon is that there are four paths to take, and only one is the correct path. Yeah. Um, well, there are though, things at the other paths. Yeah. Some sometimes just a sign, though. 
Yeah. Uh, but only one path propels you forward in the dungeon. Yeah. Operating in a mode. Uh, I need to find this text in the text dump. There's a pair of billboards, I think, on the second floor that one says something and the other says, I couldn't agree more with the opinion on the left billboard. Yeah. Oh, it's don't be a slacker. If you work hard, you'll get good stuff is the first one. Mm. And then there's a billboard next to it that says, I couldn't agree more with the opinion on the left billboard, which like that just feels like he wrote one billboard and then came back through much later and was like i was on something here this is good yeah yeah there's one um one of the dead ends that says if you work hard you don't have time to get burned mm-hmm. which bothers me because i feel like in the original it probably said something that made more sense like if you work fast you don't or if you're like if you're chugging along you don't have time to yeah. get burned um that i i feel like there's a really like a good maxim in there but like the way it ends up being translated if you work hard you don't have time to get burned that doesn't make any sense yeah it's <laughs> like if you do a lot of work if you work a lot if you're spending a lot of time working you don't have time to get burned? What does that... <laughs> There's no relation. It feels like a motivational poster of some kind. So the first floor and second floor are both kind of like... It's a big sprawling floor with a bunch of up pathways, down pathways. That you kind of have to make your way through. And there's some monsters and a bunch of items. Um, But it's like... How would you describe it? Like an unfocused kind of cave. Yeah. In the mode that we've been in. Yeah, the the layout of it is very similar to other dungeons where there's some dead ends with either with usually with a present or something and then other, you know, paths that are the main path to something. It's very exemplary, but not in like a I like that. sense, just I like that a lot of the signs are pointing out to things that you can't quite get to yet. Uh, like yeah, there's yeah. a sign on a lower level pointing, like, uh, saying, uh, you know, uh, acknowledging that there's a present on an upper level and it's, and it says <laughs> something like, you can get to that later. And at yeah. another point, there's a pit with a hole in it that has no accessibility at all. And the sign is like, don't worry about that for now. It's a hole. And it, uh, it kind of, it, there's a kind of comfort in that. Yeah. Yeah, there's no suspense in this dungeon. That's a good way of putting it. Actually, you know what? There was the, there when you first walk in, there's like at the first fork or somewhere around there, there's the one that says, keep this board in mind. That's right. We forgot to keep that one in mind. We did not. <laughs> <laughs> forgot about it. So that was a little suspense, I guess. I wrote down two more billboards on this floor. Uh, what's a dungeon? That is my eternal question. Uh, that which yeah. nails it right there. That's yep. That is the this first is a, slide of his slideshow of his yes. TED talk. Yes. <laughs> this is me padding out my essay. <laughs> uh, 
Since the start of time, dungeons. Uh, we also find out that he composed the music in here himself. Very yeah, good. I uh, like that one too. And we haven't talked about the song yet, but it is a song that exists. Yeah, I love this. This music is great. It's just like... Um, I think I've read that what sounds like a bass line, or I, I've, I've read that something in here is one of... Uh, Itoi's uh, employees covertly recording him humming and that's ended up in the mix of Dungeon Man somewhere wow. and I think it must be the bass rum bum 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 rum bum 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 because I don't know what else in there sounds like someone humming yeah it's gotta be uh, yeah it's just a mess of percussion and sound it's abrasive in a way that I really like yeah it's got like a rolling beat, though. It feels like a song that somebody that doesn't compose a lot of songs would make. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what? I think that it it does a good job of sounding amateurish, but in a way that no real human amateur would ever put together. <laughs> yeah. Because someone in, in real life, someone who doesn't make music but finds a reason to make music for their own dungeon is going to make something really generic and boring. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but here we have someone just, like, dragging every possible module into GarageBand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's good. It's really good. There's some uh, some sources I found call this music Enjoy the Dungeon, which it just is perfect to describe it. Enjoy the dungeon. Uh, there's a uh, sign as you get near another rope that informs you that there are monsters upstairs. Uh, but don't stress out. Yeah. There are no other signs you want to talk about on this floor? Is there a sign? Are we on the second floor now? We're like on the second floor, basically. Yeah, this is when I started on on just like uh, looking over the shoulder of random YouTuber. This is when I started paying attention to the the um, the body identification. So it reminds you at the beginning of the second floor, you are now on the second floor of my of my body, and I think the first significant sign after that says you're now standing around my belly button. <laughs> so <laughs> I was trying to pull up a quote from 2009 or 2010 which is when Roger Ebert was writing some dumb articles about why video games cannot be art. And we can stipulate that this was a dumb discussion all the way up and down. I don't want to relitigate any of this. But part of the discussion was the idea that the agency that games afford means that the creator can't control the audience experience enough. And so if the player can make the game say anything, then there's no way for anything the author intends to make it through, and so that can't be art. Specifically, I was trying to find something that some other journalist said in a, a kind of rebuttal about how they were playing, I don't remember, like, it was basically Grand Theft Auto, um, and they realized as they were playing, someone who did not play video games at all before was trying out their first video game, and realizing that, Every detail, every tree in the game 
had to be placed there intentionally by someone. And we've all played video games, so we know that a game designer has a great deal of control over what happens in a game. The world of the game is only what you put there. The player only gets the agency that you give them. Uh, But we've internalized this so you don't really think about it until an outsider reminds you. So I wanted to source this quote. I wanted to know exactly what was said. And I remembered it being referred to on an episode of the Idle Thumbs podcast around that time. So I went to look that up and I got sidetracked by the Idle Thumbs podcast network ended up doing a Twin Peaks podcast, not in 2009 or 2010, but uh, up to the release of the third season of Twin Peaks and then during the third season. And it was very stupid of me to do this, but I went looking through the forums to see what the reaction of the Idle Thumbs fans was to the third season of Twin Peaks. And there was a specific episode of the third season of Twin Peaks that some people had some very negative reactions to. And now I actually do have a quote from Idle Thumbs forum user fell into oblivion on June 27th, 2017, quote, making this season 18 hours was the dumbest decision the person who made that decision ever made. Everything that happened in this episode could have been condensed into 30 minutes. Every week, Lynch continues to prove why the people at ABC were correct in not giving him total creative control. It's now clear that whatever Lynch is making here, he is making for himself. This is masturbation, pure and simple. And user Galbraith responded, Congratulations! You've just discovered the difference between art and entertainment. And, unquote, I don't want to try to define art right this minute because that would be a whole big discussion and this is a pre-written monologue, but at some very basic, almost trivial level, art happens when the artist says, I'm going to express this in this way. I'm going to exercise creative control. All art involves an artist trying to put something out there that started inside them, But that's easy to forget when art coexists with entertainment and we want to evaluate a work in terms of, is this showing me what I want to see? Is it depicting things the same way I see them? Is it conforming to my values? Is it confirming my values? We've reached a point in Earthbound where the scope has opened up and the topic is not just suburban America. It's not just Western culture. It seems to be the planet Earth. And we might ask, what does Earthbound say about the the world? And is that statement correct? But we get this character whose whole identity is the things he makes. He makes mazes for other people to navigate. And he's not necessarily good at it. He's certainly not confident about it. But he fills these mazes with notes from him to the audience that are explaining his process and justifying these, his decisions so that they never forget, I made this. It's not just happenstance. It's not just the way it is. Everything here is the way it is because I decided it should be that way. And now the game tells us, you are standing right around my belly button. We are inside Brick Road. The thing that he put out into the world for us to experience is his interior. But we're also at the belly button of the game because Itoi is telling us about Earthbound. 
I made this. I'm not trying to show you the world as it really is, or as you see it. I'm trying to show you how I see things by letting you run around in a world where everything you experience is something I wanted you to experience. And everything anybody says is something that I thought up first. And maybe that's in the service of trying to communicate something else that the game wants us to teach us, and they're afraid that we might miss it if we don't remember that someone is saying something. But it also might just be a matter of trying to express something and wanting the audience to notice that something is being expressed. But I think Brick Road and the game want the same thing, which is for you to notice and think about it. The Greek word that for sounds... navel is omphalos. Yeah. Probably. And there's one Keep ad. Keep going. <laughs> um, there's, there's a stone by that name on Mount Parnassus uh, near the ancient site of the Temple of Delphi, um, which I got to see and visit for myself last summer and that was my only thought <laughs> but by this sign i just thought uh a navel in a rocky earthy place is a very powerful and ancient metaphor but i i like i like where i like everything you said ryan and i think that's very well put as well thank you so sarah what did Zach send you as the sentence that he thought was the trigger for the monologue? Should we get to that when it appears? Oh, it hasn't even shown up. Okay, okay. <laughs> it has not shown up yet. I uh, misjudged the depth <laughs> of what you had to say about. I can't wait to hear your, your monologue about this sentence later. Oh in the God, podcast. do I have to? Okay, okay. I'm working on it. All right. <laughs> well, I'm happy to have triggered that. I feel I feel honored. Thank you. Yeah, that was very well said. I agree. That is, I, I also Thank definitely you. see the parallels here between Dungeon Man and the creator of Earthbound. Zach, do you want to tell me I did a good job? Ryan, you did pretty good. Thank you. So we have come to Dungeon Man. So I can talk for the rest of the episode, right? As microcosm. Sure. I did my time. You earned it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I also, uh, I also really love um about about just since we're talking about like dungeon man as a game designer basically um i just love that like as a person who plays a lot of games and designs games sometimes it it it, it like I, what I, one thing i love about games is when you see the designer talking to you or you can see what they're doing there you know uh this is yeah. this is a part of this game earthbound where you could totally see what they're doing here you see them talking right at you and I love that about Dungeon Man. Thinking about this as the game's navel, <laughs> about where, where it's placed <laughs> at. And it's like, yeah, this is kind of the right time to do something like this. Yeah. Like, had this been too early in the game, it would have been, like, really... Yeah. You couldn't have gotten away with this, like, the first time you met Brick Road, It right? would feel really self-indulgent. Yeah. But somehow it but, being yeah. this far into the game feels like, no, 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 this is the proper time to 
for for the game creators to really kind of lay it out and be like, look, here's our thoughts about making this game. But yeah. like, look at how we saw Brick Roads making a dungeon earlier on. Yeah. We did have that kind of thing that made us think, oh yeah, someone made this, but they're not doing a very good job. I think a, a big part of Brick Roads' um, psychology might have to do with Itoi wondering whether he's doing a good job of making this game. Mm-hmm. This is so much more powerful than the usual go-to of games of this vintage, which is to just have a developer room, which yeah. that's oh, fun yeah. too. And that's by really low commitment because that's just, okay, we have a bunch of sprites. We're going to let each dev put a silly line in there. Mm-hmm. Um, I just finished Terranigma like a couple days ago. And that has, you can just go to the office of the devs and they're all just have one line jokes about how much they're crunching because mm-hmm. that was the culture. And like, that was mm-hmm. fine, but like, that's not nearly as impactful as this very introspective, like philosophical dungeon space where they can really interrogate themselves of whether or not they feel like they did a good job and like mm-hmm. it, make themselves vulnerable to the player in that way to be like what do you think yeah not that they're yeah. ever going to get feedback because this is not you know that's not how yeah that works Some- but you know something i just realized too is this game is a sequel and this dungeon is also a sequel um, and you might be able yeah. to draw parallels there between like the first, his first attempt, which was kind of rudimentary, uh-huh. and uh, this one, which is really quite triumphant. It's an entire building that he is somehow, and he's really set everything up just the way he wants it. He's telling, he's showing you around, and it really is him. I mean, there, that seems like maybe a bit metaphorical. Does anyone else think that his first dungeon kind of looks like Mother? Hmm. Uh, in that it's isometric, yeah. Or it's got that, yeah. that perspective. Isometric too. and kind of like, not with the irregularity or like artistry of certain Earthbound, just because of the technical limitations, of course, but like. Uh, a town in Earthbound is isometric, but it also looks more fully dimensional. And um, do you want to go to the third floor? I or there will be monsters. Would love to see some monsters in the third floor. I hope they're scary. Try not to stress out. <laughs> uh, no, he put a monster zoo here. I love a monster zoo. He picked some weird choices incredible no choices i guess the mad ducks he had from those were in his first dungeon so those are easy to get uh-huh. gruff goats are also from winters it seems like they should be too tough for a guy built like brick road to corral um but it, it, it is a choice that makes sense then the slimy little piles doesn't make any sense <laughs> That's just very yeah. strange and disturbing. He got them on the cheap because uh, their area's done. Mm. And they never come back. They're so unemployed. They're unemployed. I like how I wonder like- if you have a walkthrough walls hack active, can you, like, do you fight those guys? 
Well, probably. If they are able to get you? Probably. I don't know why you would implement them otherwise. It would be too much work to implement them otherwise. Yeah. Hmm. I like that there's so many monsters on the screen uh, with no way to wipe them out that the, it, it gets into slowdown pretty fast. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It's such a charm point when the game does that to me. That, like, this is a 16-bit video game. We only have so much power in this. This is the video game where they had to call in Iwata to come fix the programming because it was done so badly. <laughs> One of a few games where he had to do that, actually. Because uh, the man was a I never heard it as because it was done so badly. I don't know about that, but... I, I, I mean, it stands to reason that... He certainly did it better than they did. Well, Ape, you know, Ape, Ape that is largely who worked on this game, in addition to Hell Labs, like, they were a magazine company before they were doing video games. So, like, they didn't have a lot of that experience. They thought that a video game would have pages and spreads. Yeah. That it needed a letter from the editor. Yeah. Um. So they had to, that's famously, they called the water in to fix some of the programming stuff. Because uh, the man was a good programmer. Um, so yeah, but it having that slowdown is always just charming. And the game's not like fast paced enough where it's like a slowdown that like is annoying. Whereas if you're playing mm -hmm. like some kind of side scrolling game with a jump, slowdown in an old game can be like a little aggravating. Mm, yeah. Trying to play like game boy castlevania can be like ugh. you're not fighting anyone here so you don't have to dodge or anything yeah just slow down and look at the zoo and there's commentary about all of the creatures mm -hmm. very wholesome commentary i liked i liked the one about the gruff goat that says they are a really gruff kind of goat i like that it starts right out with the ducks too I think that I think for for whatever reason I the the mad duck is like one of my most memorable monsters <laughs> enemies mm -hmm. in the game like one of the one of the like what the first time I encountered one I took a screenshot of it because he's, he's just so adorable and dumb and yeah. one of the he's, he's one of the the enemies that is like very likely to just like do nothing like uh oh yeah one of its attacks is he falls down if I mm -hmm. uh recall correctly yep. Yes. And it just it just starts you off with like this the, the the one of the most delightful enemies and here's a little a little zoo of them and the sign uh you know I, I forget exactly what it says but it compliments them it says you know the mad ducks are not are not so bad so long as you you, you keep your distance something like that yeah they can be a nice pet if they stay far away they can be a nice pet they are a nice yeah. pet and here they are they they are a pet of dungeon <laughs> since Man. we're talking about mad ducks I. So I don't want to rehash this if we've already talked on it, but I don't want to miss it if we haven't. Um, have we talked about how the Mad Duck has an attack where it makes something spin around? I think, I don't think we, we mentioned it. I feel like okay. we mentioned that, but what about um, it? There's a theory that the thing it's making spin around, because that attack depletes your PP, the theory is that the thing it's making spin around is literally the PP roller thing that spins around when you lose pp huh that makes sense it's pretty cool that yeah. the mad duck can exert its will on the ui yeah huh it's quite a duck but also they can also 
make something mysterious or do something very mysterious. <laughs> which I love those moves. Is gross, scary. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, have you ever seen a duck? You have no idea what they're thinking. They're All of their movements uh, are they're they're the most mysterious <laughs> creatures in the animal kingdom. <laughs> Accurately and then depicted. I start feeling strange. Mm-hmm. 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 Uh, so it turns out there's very little to do on this floor. Um, unless we're forgetting something. I don't think we are. Then it's time to go up to the fourth floor at last. Well, there, there's a sign before you get go up there. Oh. <laughs> yeah. It is I, the sign reminder. Thank you. Making up for my missing the sign at the very beginning, I will remind you that there's a sign here at the rope that you ascend to get to the fourth floor that says something like, quote, good job, you made it, end quote. There's a sign upstairs that says that. Mm -hmm. I almost spit up my water just now when you (laughs) reminded me what was on that sign. (laughs) Now we can go upstairs. If he we just remind he he just tells you what's coming up every every floor. That's that's the most like that's him having fun with you though because you can mm-hmm. you you can read all the earlier signs as being very sincere and very like look I'm let me explain why this present is here let me mm-hmm. you know I'm we're having fun here but I'm gonna I still need to teach you about uh, how the main path versus dead end works this mm-hmm. this is a this is just a jape. This is just, the, yeah. this is him. He's, he's ribbing you. Yeah, this is good. See, it is good. It's very good. Because you're all, all, almost there and you're about to have a treat. Let's do it. Let's go upstairs. A very strange and somewhat disturbing treat. Which leads to another question. Upstairs, there's a sign that says, great job, you made it. Yeah. And like the punctuation is slightly different to just mess with my head internally. <laughs> That he didn't correctly quote his own sign. Dang. Oh, and there on the back wall is a face growing out of the wall. And somehow I, like, even when going through this the second time and, like, knowing exactly what's going on, I have to check this sign that says, (laughs) that's my face over there. Feel free to talk to it. Uh, Yeah, uh, that's the face of Brick Road, who you met previously, uh, sticking out of a wall. Kind of scary. Like he's Leto Atreides or something. <laughs> it also it's also kind of like predicting the the final boss fight. Now that I'm thinking of it in uh, in a particular Ooh. way. In yeah, kinda. To speak of faces <laughs> extruding from things without a lot of explanation mm. of what exactly and this we're is looking where at. Where the final boss of Dungeon Man should be? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. The, here he is. The the as. As much studying as this guy has done of dungeons, he forgets to put bosses in there. Yeah. Maybe he doesn't like them. He, he doesn't, doesn't seem that necessary. combat focused. He's not interested yeah. in monsters. Yeah. yeah, he just wants to show yeah. off his collection of monsters. Uh, but he yeah. doesn't actually... He's there's Yeah, there's nothing about like, and as you go deeper, the monsters become more difficult and here's how they're scaled he's just he just no Mm -hmm. he's all about the architecture and Mm -hmm. and the and the and the experience and the path and the treasures which is part of the architecture 
the monsters he just describes he as says, yeah go on excuse me he says as soon as you build a, munch, a dungeon monsters yes. start moving in yeah and you can read that as a guy making a uh, an RPG saying, you know, I wanted to make this game where you explore towns and, you know, walk through a swamp and shop at a mall. Uh, I kind of have to put combat in here, though. Mm-hmm. And uh, you could make the case that the Earth, the combat in Earthbound is kind of uh, perfunctory. It's kind of in there out of a sense of obligation and is not treated straight. Yeah. Burkerwood would hate it if he was in Pokemon. <laughs> He'd be having a bad time there. Mm. Yeah, he didn't even place monsters. That's interesting. Just the ones that anyway, he uh, put Anyway, what in does zoo? he say when you talk to his face? Uh, I don't remember, but he does uh, heal you. Long time no see. Mr. Jeff, we met in Winters a long Jeff. time ago. Mr. Jeff. I'm Brick Road. Dr. Andonuts finally made me Dungeon Man. I think it's... I, I haven't done much thinking about this, but it strikes me as wild that I am Brick Road and I am Dungeon Man. I, I haven't changed personalities. I've become both. Yeah. If you want... Uh, wait. Uh, if you want, I'll come with you guys for a while. The return hole is over there. Jump in that hole and then walk out. I want to walk Don't past that hole. Confuse uh-huh. the holes. Oh no, you're going to confuse the uh, holes. Okay. I'm going to walk past that hole. Oh no, it's fine because there's a sign in front of another hole. He's so shy he's about his pass. second hole. <laughs> yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> That's the. Is it the goodbye hole? It's the goodbye it, it hole. Goodbye exit. Yeah. The goodbye exit. <laughs> The goodbye exit. Okay. We can't go there. <laughs> it's, it's blocked. So we'll take the, the first exit. And then that takes us back down. Does that take us to the sign that says remember the sign? I think so, yeah. yeah. Um, and we can walk out the same way we came in. And now we're on the overworld with a fun guest character. I have a, I have a question. Fun guest music. Yeah before we get into that so like i i guess i think when i was playing this like i was still while i didn't have the the depth of thinking like what you went into ryan i was on my playthrough very struck by the line about the belly button so i still i still had belly buttons and and other bodily stoma in mind uh when i when i encountered the holes and I was thinking, oh, so the return hole, like, I, I, I had the thought of that's jumping through his navel, um, which, hmm. you know, makes no anatomical sense, but neither does anything else. Um, and then, you know, there's, and then there's an exit hole, which is that, that which he's shy about, mm-hmm. so it's covered up. And, you know, so hmm. I, I definitely had those, those two particular uh, hole roles in mind uh, as, I, as I interacted with Dungeon Man's body and moved through it. Well, That's here's what I want to say. I, I don't think it's outside the realm of possibility for the game to treat that this way. And if this game had you be pooped very straightforwardly out of Dungeon Man, I don't think that would be out of character for this game. Mm. But 
the way it ends up where these holds just lead you deeper down inside the dungeon that you've already been in, it doesn't resemble to me being, like, expelled in a bodily manner in either case. I agree with you. Man. You're just falling down the levels of his bod. And wouldn't on they have said re- something funny about it if it was meant to be, like, gross? <laughs> Maybe. I mean... I think it's possible for them to try and make that kind of joke in a subtle way. Yeah. Well, and he never says, like, he's not saying, you are by my belly button. He's just saying, that's where my belly button would be if I had, Hmm. like, normal human anatomy. Like, I never... He says, you are standing right around my belly button. Yeah, but I always took that as not, like, he didn't create a stone belly button here. I don't know. I always internalize that line more as, like, that's where a belly button would be if I had one. Hmm. But maybe that's just the way I took it. Because other than having a face and like limbs, there's not really a lot of anatomy happening here. Um, but. That's in the, I, I'm, let's see if the uh, Dungeon Man brick model, or sorry, brick <laughs> mo- the clay model uh, has any more. I guess we we can take this opportunity to to get back outside and and admire Dungeon Man's uh, physique, and and <laughs> I I, I don't mean to. Oh, the... to... okay. good. I was just going to say I don't I don't mean for us to linger in his innards any longer than we need to. So let's get some fresh air. Well, the game wants us to, so we'll we'll deal with that. Oh yeah. Um. Did we mention on the previous episode the concept art that has him much larger where all of the tower stuff that makes up his like hair is like fully like detailed? Yeah, it's like and then when you look back at the sprite, you're like, oh, that's what all that is. Like there's not only vegetation on his head, but there's like a whole town up there. Yeah. Um, And in the concept art. Uh, yeah, you can see how much bigger it has to be. And then if you if you kind of cartoon logic through the <laughs> what you just did, you can understand that Dungeon, even though he's only four times as tall as these kids on the overworld, he must be colossal. If you yeah. if you based on what you walked through. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I, I think we're like. There's a sense in which that city is still on top of his head. And we unfortunately did not get to walk around on mm. the literal top floor of Dungeon Man, which would have been awesome. Hmm. It's fine. I think it, you know, an expanded version of this might be lesser. Honestly, the joke might go on too long. What if, Zach, the top floor that we see in the game, no, you're, we're not adding any extra floors, but just... When you get to the floor where Brick Road's head is, that's depicted as an exterior. Hmm. The trouble with that now is that my thoughts on this are contaminated by Mm. uh, Super Smash Brothers, uh, the the latest one, where in the Magicant level, uh, Brick Road will walk around the bottom of the screen, and if you, as, as like a platform you can stand on. And if yeah. you zoom in and look through Dungeon Dungeon Man's eyes, you can see the Brick Road face on the wall behind him <laughs> as like an Easter That's egg. Right. And it's super cute. I forgot about wow. that. 
uh, which again, this is contamination from a game that came 20 years later, but <laughs> it is in my brain now. Uh, glad that well, came up. I wasn't going to bring that up, but I'm glad that came hmm. up. Um, we have a party member now. We have oh, a yeah. party member and we who have needs, some new music. Who needs poo? This guy brought his own yeah. music. <laughs> Do you recognize the drums? Is this that same drum beat that's in everything? Uh, this is the most egregious, like, Beatles plagiarism. <laughs> in my, uh, there's a lot of sampling in this game, and there's a lot of uh, potentially actionable. Potentially? <laughs> what did I say? Uh, there's a lot of actionable stuff in this game, and the drums, the drum loop of Dr Dungeon Man following you around is the. In intro from Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band reprise, I think. Um, and once you hear it, you're like, oh yeah, mm -hmm. that's <laughs> those drums! It's amazing. I but won't tell anybody. also, it's like compared to the music inside Dungeon Man, which was kind of grating, this is just rad. It's like way simpler and Again, it seems kind of like potentially made by an amateur or intended to sound that way, but like it it sounds awesome. Mm -hmm. And it's an awesome guy to have follow you around yeah. because he's a destroyer of worlds. This is a really cool part of the game. <laughs> I wish this it was is longer. Am amazing part. The fact that it's so short makes it amazing. Yeah, that's true. So he's a guest it's character. Similar to a, a, another joke that I briefly tried to reference on a previous episode so dungeon man's a guest character that acts on his own uh he has mm. like maxed out attack but one in every other stat so he will try and attack and miss a lot of the time but when he hits he does a zillion damage <laughs> he can also give the enemy a hug which like uh Ouch. makes him not able to move um and it's great and you're all powerful and now this desert full of terrible ufos is like slightly not as scary mm -hmm. and it's gonna last forever um, <laughs> until you go south which is you know there's nothing nowhere else to go we should probably go south and look around right Mm-hmm. Uh, we must and uh dungeon man gets stuck in some trees he gets stuck in some trees if you're if you're playing this in a naive way, just like, well, I'm going to, I, I don't have any plans. I'm just going to try and progress through the game. Um, you can gain Dungeon Man and lose him inside of 15 seconds. Mm -hmm. Yes. Very sad. It's such a good anticlimax to this whole thing. It's so good. You can take Dungeon a picture Man. together, at least, yeah. if you go down towards that oasis. You can get a photo to remember and buy. Oh, I didn't get that picture. Aww. Dang it. Just have to live with the memories. Can, can we talk yeah. real quick about how ridiculous he looks just walking around? Yeah. And oh, I, yeah. I only realized when reviewing it is that, like, because he does look weird because he has, like, when he's standing there... He's got like one foot, which is just a big circle. And I think it was, one you said earlier, it's like, well, you don't necessarily recognize that this is an entire, supposed to be an entire person's body. I mean, obviously there's a face there. 
Um, but he might just have this round boulder in front of him. But no, that's that's his foot. And it looks kind of weird until you realize, oh, he's just a giant-sized version of any of the Earthbound kids. And their walking yeah. animation is, their front foot is just a, it's a, it's a circle. And it looks natural. And, and when they walk, it's just their sprite flips back and forth. And it looks natural on them. And Dungeon Man walks in exactly the same way. <laughs> and his foot does not have to be a circle. It just is because the, the kids only have a few pixels to work with. But Dungeon Man's, he's just, he's just a giant version of that. And it's, it's, like par- it's like a parody of the perfectly good sprites that the kids are made of. And it's like, mm. I don't know why you're making fun of them, yeah. but it's fine that you are. And when he walks, his entire like world planet size, like moon sized sprite just flips back and forth, which looks yeah. very bad. But <laughs> it's clearly super intentional, and you only have to—I don't want to say suffer with it, but you only get to enjoy it for you know fifteen or more seconds, uh, and then he's done moving forever. <laughs> so everything about this is good, and I, I just got the joke that yeah, his 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 foot is weird looking because he's just a a an enormous mountain sized version of an earthbound kid that's all yeah when you're looking at the static sprite it just looks like a giant like round rock that you would have to like roll out of the way to check on somebody after three days or something like that <laughs> uh-huh um that's how i like you just look at it without the motion it just looks like that like a big old stone in the way but no, no, no. Then it starts flipping back and forth, and it's like, oh, we made one sprite for this. this is yeah, great. it's it's wonderful. Uh, he gets stuck. He puts on a big act about how woe is me. This is my eternal resting place. I don't believe him, but maybe he believes himself in this instance that he will never move from the spot. He's here <laughs> he to fulfill his role. Go. Yeah, he knows his role in the story. He doesn't actually want to go travel with you. Yeah, what were we going to... I mean, was he going to walk across the ocean while we hung out on his head? Hmm. Oh, that's cute, though. I like that a little bit. Yeah. He's that not would ir- be rad. He's probably not airtight, though. Right? Um. No, he can lock up the the little hole that you... The door in the front seems to be the only actual exit, despite Jason's gross theories. So I think if you just relock that door, then he's watertight. Hmm. Except okay. for, like, the holes that are his eyes, but those will be above water level. You gotta get him goggles. <laughs> oh, yeah. Massive snorkel. Or, you know, uh, you push a switch and those rollers screens come down in the eyes. <laughs> <laughs> but they didn't do any of that. No. Because of the trees. Well, here's the thing. Itoi wanted you to ride Dungeon Man across the ocean like he's a colossus, but there were those trees in the way. Mm-hmm. Dungeon Man got stuck, <laughs> and so Itoi was like, what are we going to do? How is How can we get to the next part of the game? Fortunately, we talked to another Bushman hanging out at the southern coast of Scaraba, who says... Um, I think he's the he same says guy. something fantastic. I he's, think so, yeah. Because he's the same the guy because the other guy gone. isn't. Hmm. That's right. He moves down uh, here. Sorry. A scary place called Deep Darkness is on the other side of the river. The monsters are very strong, and you can lose your health just by wandering in the swamp. Do you want to cross the river, even though you know it's a stupid idea? 
I guess. He says, uh, if you say no, he says, it was stupid of me to ask. I I think when the game finally gets out the word stupid, it's hilarious. Mm. Let's watch the sunset over deep darkness together from here. Um, On the other hand, if you say yes, he says, it's a different story if you have a submarine. And so you go back to Brick Road. He's like, I I have a submarine. Yeah. And now among so many jokes, let's have another joke where, you know, that dungeon that you just went through and it was kind of pointless. How about you do it all again? Really drive it home. Yes. Pretty incredible. Mm-hmm. Make some memories. And... If my thesis is correct and the point of the dungeon is notice me, then the best way to do that is to freaking force the player to do it twice and uh-huh. walk past all those signs again. And read all of them again. Yes. Get all the presents that you missed the first time. Uh, you know what? It's too bad. My inventory is so full now that I'm like throwing away stuff just so I can see what's in mm. a present. Wouldn't be a problem and if then you kept if the for sale sign. Enough. Does the for sale sign work in Dungeon Man? You yes, it does. it does. Absolutely. Whoa. <laughs> Which speaks to our earlier discussion about other people mm-hmm. easy, yeah. easily access Dungeon Man. They don't even think twice about it. Mm-hmm. They hear run a for on sale in. sign being unveiled. <laughs> oh, we haven't used it yet? Wow. Goodness. Uh... I didn't buy it at the beginning, so I haven't had cause to talk about the first oh, sale sign. I except for, for when Zach mentioned, so oh, I got much. the first sale sign. It's so good. Wow. Yeah, it's good. Okay. So good. I mean, and it's not like money is that valuable in this game once you get past a certain point anyways, but it is really fun to be able to clear your inventory out. Be like, do I really need five sudden guts capsules? No. No, I don't. I've never used them. Yeah, and you can just drop things, right? There's a drop verb that just makes things go yeah. away. Yeah. But yeah. why would you do that when you can use the for sale sign and go through the whole thing repeatedly, which is such a delight? I'm it's feeling good. bad because I never use this for sale sign. I'm missing out on this wonderful mechanic. Has it been described on, on this podcast before? I, I cannot remember. Or were you just saying, no, it has not? Uh, we, we talked about, we said something about it before, I know. I must yeah. have mentioned that I bought it. Yeah, I think yeah. we we did go over that, but we didn't talk about it too much. Because the, let's the, let's answer at least one question: yes. Is it random NPCs who appear? There's a table of like three NPCs. Hmm. Okay, three or four. Yeah, I think it's four because there's the punk guy, uh, the bag lady, the I think there's like a young guy, and then the must, bald mustache businessman. I think I think those are the four sprites that show up, and they each have unique dialogue. Oh, jeez! Wow. My favorite is the one who says, like, after you sell him something, he says something that sounds like almost sarcastic, but he's very sincere. He's like, "It sure was worth my time to run all the way over here," and then he just runs away. <laughs> yeah, but he's very emphatic and serious. And then look the how th- much I like oh. this game, even though I never used this. <laughs> Yeah, the other thing that'll happen is if you can if you try and use it a place where nobody can get there, they'll get a phone call on the receiver phone of an angry customer. 
but that's, <laughs> I, I believe that's the same static message every time. Jeez. Well, uh, we should climb Dungeon Man again. Sure. Pick the right rope on the first try this time. Yeah. I believe it's the third one. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, uh, you know what? Let's go back. While we're going through this the, the <laughs> while we're going through this the second time, let's talk about that rope. I think that the the choice of the third rope is really smart. And when they put the sign at the beginning that's like most people go to the right first, um they're kind of tipping their hand at actually understanding how players work because nobody ever picks the third rope first Mm. people are gonna pick the leftmost rope first except for some contrarians who are gonna pick the rightmost rope Mm -hmm. first and then two percent of people will pick the second rope first and that's where you to make sure that people see at least one dead end you put it right there at the third Mm. position yeah, it's the only thing that makes sense. <laughs> we make our way back up to the top. We can check the face again. Uh, and then we can go to the goodbye exit. Yeah, Brick Road says, uh, there's a goodbye exit over there. It will take you to the submarine. Don't make a mistake on which exit you take. Don't make a mistake on which exit you take. You need to take the goodbye exit. So we can go take and... that. Oh, good. There's possibly a joke here about, like, the the game knows that it has to tell you that it's possible to make a mistake here uh, because they look the same and the names are the same. But uh, they could have made these different exits look very different mm-hmm. and impossible to confuse. Yeah, they basically mean the same thing. Yes. They're very easy to mix up. But I won't mix them up because that would mean going through the whole dungeon again, yeah. which I don't really want to Twice do right now. Now, indeed. So I'll take the goodbye exit. The sign has conveniently moved. Mm. You can imagine Brick Road's face kind of straining, and the sign just inching Par- across the floor. is sing <laughs> across. Yes, and then I uh, I jump down that hole. I go through some other holes. And I end up in hey, this part of the dungeon that I couldn't get to before. It's the old vehicle Where, among collection. Other things, sure. Well, before we get there, there are some mushrooms that always kind of stick out to oh, me. Yeah. Why are those mushrooms there? Hmm. It seems like something Brick Road should comment on. You know, it it occurs to me that um, if you go through this dungeon the first time, you don't ever walk over a bunch of mushrooms. So if you see the beginning of, like, if you come back the second time, you're like, I never went up there. There's still that present up there. You know, maybe it like distinguishes that area from the the main part of the dungeon that you can go through the first time. That's very good. Thank you for solving (laughs) that mystery. Indeed. And then there's the old vehicle collection. I am enamored with the fact that we've spent so long on this character who Uh is obsessed with has a passion has like a profession around this one thing but also he's a man with hobbies yes (laughs) yes he has other interests he has more than one interest he is a multifaceted character he's a person that's like oh in my spare time i also collect old vehicles 
which is an absurd thing to collect also yeah broken ones (laughs) but i guess in a game about vehicles like we've talked about to some extent it makes sense that that's a thing you could like be interested in yeah Mm -hmm. in this yeah at this scale well he has a collection of of animals too or like enemies and but that's like presented as part of the dungeon true in a way yeah this is just some out of the way area that he keeps his his other hobby in yeah he doesn't seem that proud of it exactly if he's putting it in this part of the dungeon that's normally walled off unless these are really valuable old vehicles Mm, am i correct that you can see these from the the first floor if you will because i think you can see the taxi as you go through your first time you're like oh that that's going to be really interesting and uh you can't get to them so they're they're just out of reach and the signs don't even like say hey that's my taxi up there brick road right they're just they're completely unexplained (laughs) yeah this is it's it's the back rooms yeah it is it is a strange place sarah you're correct yeah very odd i love it we've got a bicycle here the sign says it's a rusted bicycle and then it says rust is the perfect break so good and now this is where i reveal that that was the phrase i had picked out (laughs) 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 because i love that line it's so good it's so Mm -hmm. it's so optimistic (laughs) <laughs> yeah it, it does exemplify his like optimism oh i love it i love that line there's also what does it say about the taxi i think the taxi with is... no engine yeah beautiful even though the thing doesn't run um also there is a uh instant revitalization device that he got from dr Anderson. it's mm-hmm. the perfect thing to have in a dungeon but it's in the old vehicle collection for reasons unexplained hmm, yeah. almost because it looks like it could be an old vehicle somehow it resembles the contents of the old vehicle collection enough that i'll just put it with the old vehicles i want to contest uh, i guess i don't want to contest anything um and also there's a submarine and That's another true. beatles reference yep yes a little more overt. The yellow color is purely coincidental, Brick Road. <laughs> and yet, um, now the fact is, I read in um, this unattributed uh, complete score of the Earthbound soundtrack that someone put together and didn't put their name on. It's like 300-page PDF of sheet music. Um, that... The uh, interior of Dungeon Man also uses that Beatles drum sample. Hmm. So the Beatles energy is very strong. And yet he says the yellow color is purely coincidental. As if to kind of establish plausible deniability. Yeah, nice try. (laughs) Not fooling anyone. And then Jeff says, hey, it can work. And then you get a cut scene of a text box saying that they dragged the submarine out mm-hmm. <laughs> to the water, which we are not going to animate. No, this uh, this is perhaps one of the more low effort transit segments here. 
Indeed. Oh, indeed. It smash cuts to you crossing the river, but it's just the periscope on the water. Just the periscope. It's the Skyrunner music. It's Mm -hmm. just the Skyrunner music with a lot of really bad water sounds on top of it. Oh, yes. (laughs) And is this the Uh, last we see of Dungeon Man? Because you see him... He's like looking at you on at the shore silently. There's no final goodbyes, as far as I can tell, and the, your periscope just goes away, and he just scrolls, scrolls off the right side of the screen. There he goes, mm-hmm. with his frozen frown. <laughs> the thing is, there is something in the text dump that you know is right next to his speeches, where you talk to the head at the back. And after the first two, in the text dump anyway, it says, I don't know how, but my homemade dungeon helped you out. I'm glad. And this would be a good thing for him to say if you somehow get back to Southern Scaraba, either just in the rest of the game or in the post game. But I don't know how you can walk into Dungeon Man at that point Hmm. if he's still stuck in the trees. Maybe he moves. I've never tried. I've never tried either. So I want to find out whether this text is actually accessible in the game. Interesting. Because if not, it's (laughs) non-canon. This article is conjecture. Indeed. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, and then the the submarine arrives in deep darkness. Uh, You know what? I, I continue to think of it as crossing an ocean at this point, even though they keep saying it's the river. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you cross the river into like there's a very clear delineation of fresh water and gross swamp water and then you have not really any animation of exiting the submarine <laughs> yeah uh, no. we're they're, not they're, trying they're... super hard right here and now we're in somewhere else yeah what further adventures await us that's not a very good end no, I'm waiting for someone else to say something, and I can cut out all the pauses. <laughs> Sarah, say something better. Well, the only other thing I have in my notes is when I got to the deep darkness, I thought, I know this music, but I thought it was from Final Fantasy. 